Hello, and welcome to Be Intentional, the podcast that talks about marketing, mindset, and what it takes to be an impactful entrepreneur. Have you ever heard an amazing speaker, and when you left, you felt inspired, motivated, you truly resonated with what they said? The only issue is that when you left there, you realize, I have no idea how to do what they were saying. I agree, I'm with them, but how do I do that? How do I get from here to there? Well, today we have a special guest with us, Marlene Crump, and she is amazing. She does so many things and it is truly inspiring. She is a developmental coach. She is a marketing strategist. She is a great public speaker. But one of the most amazing things about her is not only does she inspire you and not only does she motivate you, she actually gives you practical application tips on how and what to do how to take the next step, what to do when you're in this situation. And you know what? That really is what separates so many people from the noise that we hear out there, people who are motivational and inspirational. And you need that. Of course, I'm like that. I can really do that and sometimes forget to give the one or two key points, which is embarrassing. But of course, we all do that sometimes, I think, because we just get so inspired about what's going on. But the people who actually can help you and actually add value by giving you the real tips, giving you the real life scenarios, showing you how to get something done, not just getting you really, really amped up to take the next step, but to tell you what that next step is and what it looks like, especially when you're a creative, especially when you're an entrepreneur, we can be going in so many different ways, so many different directions, doing so many things and have so many things on our plate. Sometimes it's good to have someone come in and go, yes, it's amazing. Go for it. You can do it. Focus on this thing first. This is what's going to help. And so I'm really excited. Amazing guest speaker today and just truly, truly one of those people who, when she talks, listen, because taking those actionable steps is going to change everything. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Marlene. Thanks, Josh. This is going to be very exciting to talk to you today. Thank you for having me. Oh, pleasure is all mine. This is a, I think this is the first time I've had another marketing strategist on here with me. So this is going to be really exciting. Like I'm going to be picking your brain a lot today. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things that I love when getting to know you is how much stuff that you do. You do so many things. And I love that because a little bit as you guys know, you know, I, I have the nonprofit, we have the ministry, we have the co- consulting, we have the done for you service, and we have all the fun stuff. So someone else who's also in marketing who does so much stuff. I love this. So I'm really, really looking forward to to getting into this. So let's start off with uh, telling us a little bit about yourself and all the many, many things that you do. Well, I consider myself a polymath because I've always been intrigued about like the way universities used to be back in the Renaissance day, right? You wanted to learn so many different things about the world and it's all about implementation. So I'm always a big believer that you don't have to be one thing. You're supposed to use your many talents, like spend all your talents, right? And so that's me in a nutshell. But the things that I love getting into is anything creative. I am very much the kind of person that love to see like collaboration and how things grow. Some of my background has been in the film industry where I was able to be part of production there. And what I really learned was, wow, you have all these people with multiple skills and talents, but you still have like a creative deadline to meet for special projects like that. And then I had this aha moment thinking was, 
well, why don't businesses, small businesses in particular, use some of this stuff that uh, productions use to keep themselves organized? So I'm totally about like making sure there's efficiency when people have a creative project or creative business, and then giving them tools so that day by day, they know how to assess how things have been working, what to change when it's not working, and then still meet those certain deadlines. So this is going to be a very exciting chat with you, particularly because I know you understand what I'm talking about. Oh, definitely. And I love that. One more thing to add to the repertoire, right? You you started in film industry, so I did as well. I started with doing some video production and I was in the back end and that stuff and did some internships at ABC. And so that that's really funny how how much we have in common. It's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I was on the casting side. So we were definitely tethered to different studios and stuff from time to time, but it was really neat to see like how the process worked in front of the camera and behind the camera as well. I love it. And all those skills do go together. You know, I, in fact, I was having a conversation this morning how with a friend of mine, how when you get into this, you know, we say, oh, we're a marketing or we're in this type of field or this niche. But really, you have to know how to run a business. And there's a million different things that go into running a business that a lot of people don't talk about. And they kind of just shy away. They're like, no, 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 talk about that one thing. It's like, great, but that one thing doesn't make it. And so you being a business development coach, what are some tips for some new entrepreneurs getting into into this field? One thing would be know exactly what you're aligned with, because there's a lot more emphasis on transparency and authenticity these days. So you are your brand. That's one thing I will tell people. You can't go into it passively anymore, unless you have lots of money and you just want to hire people to do work for you. <laughs> but most people coming in, they, they're coming at it because they have a passion for something. And one of the things that I love that um, I was able to learn about a couple of years ago was the word ikigai, which is a Japanese concept. And you ask yourself four simple questions to find your purpose and it helps in business. So here's the four questions. What do you love? What are you good at? What can you get paid for? And what does the world need? And I feel like if you can answer those questions and match them all up, then you've got yourself a business. I love that. And so you being in business for so long and having gone through all this, I mean, you've gone through so many different waves and iterations of how marketing has been, how business development has been. So a lot of businesses had to pivot a lot of the things that they were used to these last couple of years because of COVID. And so there are a lot of companies who just right now are getting used to this new normal, trying to pivot and trying to find kind of their equilibrium of what is this new normal. And so what tips can you give for them who are brick and mortar businesses who are just trying to get back on their feet again? Right. One thing to always keep in mind that never really changes is find where you can transact, right? Like if you could just kind of get back to basics and say, what can I do to transact in my business right now? I think that's going to keep it cleaner instead of trying to think like, how can I develop this next thing? What I find is people tend to overcreate these days because they're chasing somebody else's idea or they're panicking about something. So they drop the things that are actually pretty simple and that they can go ahead and keep monetizing while they build the other thing. And I always tell people one of the strongest ways to make sure that you keep doing what you need to do is get help. Like, don't be afraid to ask people like Josh here, like, what am I doing wrong that I can definitely implement better? I love when people come to come up to me and say, you know what, I've been doing business for a long time, but something's not working. Maybe you have a different perspective to share. So I feel like that's an advantage for anybody that they can use right now. 
I love that. What what a great tip. And you know, one of the things that you are so great at as well is the the systems, putting systems in places, strategizing how to do stuff. And I have to admit that is one not one of my strong suits. I'm I'm great at implementing, but uh, I, I tend to break some of the strategies because we're like, okay, we're also going to try this. We're also going to do that. Let's move this. This works. And so right now, with all the stuff that's going on, how do you put in some strategies when you're not sure? what's going to move, if you're going to be open, if you're going to be closed, if things got to pivot. Obviously, because of the online and digital stuff, there's some stuff that are, I, I believe that are going to be here for a while that we're going to be able to put systems in place. And so for people who are still trying to figure that out, what would you recommend? Well, so systems for sales would definitely be one of the places that I would underline first, because sometimes you have a strong product, but you are not able to deliver efficiently. And then that kind of messes things up. And I find people holding back because of their lack of system because they know they can do it. They know they can sell it, but then they get overwhelmed with how they're actually going to either deliver it or if there's any kind of customer service issues, et cetera. So if you want to make sure that those things are first uh, addressed in a very strong way, like what is your point of sale? How do you make it easier for the client? Because it may just be that those little glitches are making people not want to buy from you. Whereas if you just fix those minor things in those types of systems, people have more confidence. They'll press that you know button, that green button to say, I'm buying this thing today. So I see that there's a lot of times when I go in to check people's systems that some things aren't even connected. Like they don't have an autoresponder for when someone buys something. So then people get nervous thinking my order didn't go through and they start canceling their order, things like that. That's where I would definitely first address. I love that. And you having not only the online systems and that, like the order responders and those types of things, you also have a physical location. So we deal with a lot, a lot of our listeners are brick and mortar businesses have physical locations, are active in their community. So what are some things that you have seen that have has been really worked well and actually makes a difference when you're a local business? Right. I love that you mentioned that, Josh, that they're active in their community because I don't believe in if you build it, they will come. <laughs> Especially now, people are like, oh, do I really need to leave the house? They're Zoom, right? Like, <laughs> That's why I have clients. <laughs> right, right. So I tell people right now, you still have to stay connected. Now, if you had to create like a hybrid situation, which I know some brick and mortars had to do the past two years, meaning they would do some things in person and some things virtual. I just think that that's, that's a smart way to go. Anytime you can create different touch points for your clients that's convenient for them, then you have that advantage versus somebody who's just kind of sitting there waiting or complaining. Like, that's not the way to go. You have to be very proactive. And how to get involved. I mean, there's so many different places and uh, that you can even meet other types of entrepreneurs. I'm a big proponent of the chamber. I'm serving on the board or my local chamber as well. So we are comprised of other business owners. So this is not like people that got hired, like we're literally volunteering for our community as business owners to make sure that we have the right advantages. So definitely check out those types of organizations. I say, even if you're like just starting out, feel free to see like where you can make an impact because you never know, you might be in front of the right person at the right time, and that can make all the difference. I completely agree with that. And since you have you have this unique perspective of being able to be in the community, on the chamber, and then online, I really believe that like networking in person, 
still is one of the fastest ways to kind of develop that no like and trustability. But using all of those things that you've learned in person, doing all of those things, and so it's not theory, what are some things that are good that translate onto online? Because you, you get a lot of opinions online. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who haven't done it <laughs> before or done it as long as you have or know exactly how it works. I treat online as an extension of what I do in person. And here's what, I'm, what I mean by that. Showcase your values because people are watching you. One thing that you said that it's easier to build that know, like, and trust in person, it's because I know where you live right? Like if you mess with me, <laughs> I can hunt you down. What's scary about online is that we don't know. Like we don't know if that person's a bot. Is that person a real person? And are they going to kind of mess me up because I can't track them down? So when you showcase that I'm a real person, I live a normal life. This is where you would find me if you were in my radius. I think that helps people really then say, oh, well, then I'm I'm learning about you. I'm building trust with you faster. You're not some kind of robot. You're not this big corporation that's posing as like a real person or, you know, that right. might take my right. money without any recourse. So I, I know that when you're a solopreneur or when you're just starting out and you're trying to use social media, don't be afraid to give a little bit of preview about what you do in real life and who you are and how we can tell what values you have. Because normally in person, we can kind of spot did you open the door for somebody? Did you did you pull up correctly in the parking spot and, and then greeted everybody? We want we still want to know those courtesies, even though you're online. So don't ignore that, that that goes a long way. That's great advice. I, I love that. With that kind of online and, and offline, you're you've been able to build a team, you know, because you need the online, you need the offline and running a team in person when you have a brick and mortar and you're kind of doing the day-to-day -day stuff and different things that people don't even think about, right? Like the floors need to get cleaned, the windows need to get cleaned, the little things that no one really thinks about when you're doing online stuff. How do you balance that? Because especially talking about systems and strategies, how do you balance that on what what's the type of stuff that you, how much time should you focus on the things back end and then how much on the on the front facing things? That's a really great question because a lot of times I find people are busy for the sake of being busy, because I figure, well, I'm busy, I'm going to get somewhere, right? That's not always the case, because inefficient action is definitely going to cost you more. Like, I'd rather spend less time, but be efficient in the time that I'm spending. So when you're talking about systems, how can I make the time that I'm spending in the back end a little bit better? But also, don't be afraid to ask people who know more than you that to help you do certain things. But all, But if you're educating yourself, right, then you'll know who to hire. So there's a lot of things that you have to take responsibility for. Like when you're making those decisions, how am I going to spend my time week to week? What are the things I need to do on the back end, etc.? Then you have to make sure you're assessing yourself correctly. Is it something I can really handle? Or should I definitely go ahead and like outsource that? Because you might think, hey, I'm saving money, I'm going to be a little cheap these days. Because what if I do it myself, then I have to spend that money for somebody else to do it. But then you might take three weeks versus that person can take two hours, right? So you can always make more money, but you can't, you can't make more time. So that's how I prioritize different things. And then also if you're making stuff happen, what are those kind of cornerstone elements that you can do that want, like if you do it once it's done, right? Get those things out the way, get those things established. So you can say, oh, my marketing piece done great. I don't have to update that for another maybe five years. Then you're saving yourself time instead of like trying to keep up with the things that 
aren't necessarily going to be complete because that's not their nature, like social media posts, right? Yeah. So you have to really make sure that you're balancing everything correctly. I love that. Yes, because that is, I love the, what you said that you can make more money, but you can't make more time. And I, I definitely agree with that because that that is one of the fundamentals of like hiring a really great team, right? Is because yes. if you can spread that out, then it works out great. And so with, man, so full of knowledge and so many things. <laughs> uh, so before we get too much into this, how can people, if, you know, because I'm already intrigued, I'm like, how do we get a hold of you? How do we find you? How do we work with you? MarilynCrump.com is probably the easiest way to get connected. And it's spelled M-A-R-I-L-E-N, Crump, C-R-U-M-P.com. If you look up the hashtag expert dream catcher, uh, that's kind of my little nickname. So you can find me there. But I love connecting on social media. Uh, it helps our algorithms, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of emails. I see how necessary it is once you know somebody. But I feel like if you don't know me yet and I don't know you yet, let's connect on social media because we get a lot more context out of that versus just a regular email message. So that's my one suggestion is like utilize social media to really build those connections much deeper. So great. Okay. Now we're going to go into that part because that I haven't found someone who actually agreed with me on that, which is that <laughs> the email, uh, that is one of the things, you know, I don't do too much of the emails and, or the email marketing because of that part, because I'm like the way I handle emails is like trash, trash, trash. Okay. I know you used to flag flag. I need to make sure I get back to you. That's usually like my email thing. And then one day, and then at some point in the morning, I'll go through all of them and reply it to everyone on social media. It's different. It's almost like texting, right? So I love that. And I also believe too, the, the whole build it and you will come. I totally agree with that. And I feel like in social media, that's what it be, it's become. How many likes, how many people saw it? What's your hashtag strategy? And even though I feel like you need some sort of strategy with that, how would you recommend people go about their social media and online presence and actually connecting, like we talk about for marketing for sales and not for likes, connecting, have a real connection rather than just, oh yeah, I liked your post and then I'll never talk to you. Right. Well, vanity metrics is just that, right? When people are like, oh, I have so many people on my email list or I have so many likes, etc. But then they're still poor as dirt. So uh, <laughs> some exactly. men say, well, show me the money, right? And mm -hmm. what I find for that works for me and works for my clients is that just like we do in networking, there's going to be a key area that you definitely need to make sure that you're shining bright at. Because it's not so much that you're going to get all of this feedback all at once. When people are seeking something and then you're there and then you're able to like shine a light on their issue and their problem, they'll connect with you and they'll connect with you at that point. And the way they'll connect with you is get, they're going to send you a private message right then and there. They're not going to go and hit a bunch of likes and then leave you alone. That just me meant that, okay, you please them for a second, but you really didn't have anything that can be a solution for a problem. Most of the time people are like, I want the solution now. And if you're starting to get messages because you're putting out the right things, then you know things are working for you marketing wise. So who cares how many follows, how many likes, how many things are you getting in your inbox of people saying, I need your product, I need your service, or let me find out some more about you. I don't mind people stalking, so that's actually good. And I'm going to say this one thing, and it might open up some people's eyes and they might feel better about themselves. Um, this is what I'm going to say, is that I've been in several groups and several um, companies where they'll tell you the people who engage the most aren't their buyers. Right. 
they actually don't buy anything. They're just kind of like, oh, I like it. And they're like, you know, appreciating stuff. But then the people who do the DMing are their hottest, you know, clients, not the people. And there's those people, if you track their algorithms, they never once hit the like button, but yet they spent the most. So I just want to put that out there in case anyone feels bad about their likes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. In fact, that's something that we talk about on here is uh, I need to come up with a better terminology, but we call them the lurkers, right? You have the likers and the yeah. lurkers. And the lurkers yeah. are the ones who send you the DMs, send you the messages. And, and we, a lot of my clientele actually come from LinkedIn more than Instagram. So you got to know where they are too, but same, it's the same yeah. principle. You know, they not so much like the post, but they'll message and inquire and want to set up appointments. And that, I, I like that. Definitely, yeah, definitely. The lurkers, that. Yeah, the lurkers are gold. So, <laughs> yeah. and I tell people this all the time, like they'll be disappointed. They worked on this post that, you know, and they had a great strategy, but they're not seeing people that like it, et cetera. I was like, that doesn't mean anything. Right. Uh, case in point, there was this woman that came up to me. I was speaking at a conference and she goes, I know you. And I was like, you do? Have we met? She goes, no. She was like, but I've been following you. I've been following you for 18 months. I was like, whoa, like she was scaring me. So <laughs> where's this conversation going? And yeah. she goes, and guess what? I've never liked your stuff and things like that. I thought she was going to start berating me. And I was like, okay, like I'm like nervous now. She goes, but will you be my coach? And I said, what? She was like, yeah, I didn't want you to know that I was watching you uh, because I didn't want you to like approach me when I'm not ready, et cetera. But I know I'm ready. After I heard you speak today and I've been following you, I'm ready. So how can I sign up? I was like, whoa, that was just that just blew me away. Like I, I was not expecting that at all. I love that. That that is the perfect example of of what I believe effective marketing is. And so and you being able to not only do the marketing aspect of it, but the business development doing all that. So people who are listening right now, how do they know if they are, you know, because haven't seen your social media or anything yet? How do they know if they're a good prospective client? You do so many things. How do they know? Yeah, well, for me, I treat everybody as if they're my client, right? Like, I just feel like I don't, I, I will talk about this all day long. What I tell people is that I don't have to dream about you unless you, you know, <laughs> unless you hire me, right? Like that gives yeah. you right to my brain space. <laughs> But I will teach all day long. So I tell people, connect with me anyway, because let's say we're not a good fit or I know someone just is extremely better than me for a certain thing that you need. I'm totally about making sure people connect in that way. And for me, I actually do a lot of different layers of stuff. So it could be that people are involved through free classes that I'm teaching, which I do often as, as often as possible, because what I don't want is that there are people out there, and you know this, Josh, that they're very predatory to people who don't know things. And I'd rather people like at least learn from a credible source, implement what they can, get as far as they can without me, right? And it makes them to be a stronger client for me because I don't have to go through the rudiments and the fundamental type of things. Then also, I know that they can protect themselves if they're out there kind of floating around because I'm I'm like a mama bear for businesses. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm like, oh, no, don't do that. Oh, don't sign up for that, you know, because some people have sleek marketing and I, I, I can't blame it, them for it. But if you don't do your research, you only have you to blame, right? right. Like, it's your dollar. You, you spend it as you need to, but hopefully you find who you're aligned with, what sounds right to you. Don't rush into anything. There's always time. I'll tell people, I'll tell people that like, if anyone tries to pressure you into like, 
hiring them that day. I don't believe in that. Like, you know, most people will say, oh, I love it. I'm not quite ready. Maybe see you in two months. I'm like, cool. And guess what? They normally do. They'll say, hey, Marilyn, thanks for giving me time. I finally got my tax return or <laughs> whatever it is that they're waiting for. And then we're able to have fun because there's not that weird pressure of putting somebody in like a dire situation just because of my needs. Like, I don't believe in that at all. No, I, I definitely agree. And that um, that actually leads us to a, a great segue to the next question, which is one that I love. And it's, you know, there's people like you who we you've been doing it for so long credible source, have years of experience and results to back it up. We always believe in consulting and coaches because I, I believe you don't know what you don't know and you need to get around, surround yourself with the right people because it helps you grow. And so obviously I'm a consultant. So we believe in coaches, consultants, but there are a lot of, dare I say, you know, the coaches and consultants, like you said, the scammers out there, the predatory ones, the ones who, you know, really try to force your hand at something or just use some sort of gimmick or a fad to try to build something right now so they can make a quick buck. When people are looking out there, sometimes it looks the same and sometimes it. So how do they how do they distinguish between those two, the ones that really can help them and the ones that are just out to make a buck? Part of your research that you want to do is definitely follow along their marketing. Right. And then if you can scroll, like what's interesting to me is that sometimes if you scroll just enough, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell when they made that switch. That's one thing I see, because sometimes they'll say, oh, I, I met so-and-so. What do you think? And I go, let me investigate. And one of the first things I'll do is I'll scroll. <laughs> I'll start scrolling and then Google searching. Right. And and then they're normally, if someone's really like hit or miss for somebody, there's going to be reviews out there. There's, there's always a trail. So check those things out. Now, when you're in a situation and your, your instinct is saying, I don't know, I don't know, follow your instinct, your brain somewhere deep inside kind of knows when you're forcing something. I mean, maybe that person is good, but they were good for someone else and not for you, but yet you're just trying to make something fit. So you kind of have to have that awareness and that intuition. But also, if it's your, if you're just kind of exploring, see what they have. Like, I don't believe in people spending thousands and thousands of dollars if they're not ready for it. One thing I will say, coaching and development is different. Some people think that they need a coach because they don't know sales or don't have systems. And then the coaches sometimes will say, oh, we can do that too. But then they start working and it's more of like a rah, 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 you can do it session <laughs> and not really getting to the meat of what's going to make that business thrive for long term. So you just got to be aware, is that really what you need? Because I know really great people who know business in and out, but they need a coach to take them to the next level because something's messing with their head. So I totally agree that they need a coach at that point. Now, if you're a startup, things are messing with your head and you don't know what to do first in, in regards to sales and marketing, you are probably going to need a developer or a consultant first before you go into that coaching realm. That's great. I love that. That's so in-depth. I, I don't think I've ever even seen it that way where it's like, depending on where you're at, you need this kind or this kind, you know, because, and I'm glad you made that extinction distinction. I appreciate that because usually they lump everyone together, right? Like this is a coach and a consultant, like they're interchangeable. And it's like, they're not, there's a reason why I'm a consultant, not a coach. There's a reason why there's coaches and not consultants. And so I thank you for that because I appreciate that. And guys, if you, if you missed that, go back and listen to that because that is a really important <laughs> <Blind>. distinction. <laughs> yeah. No. And, 
And it does depend on the season. Sometimes you need one before the other, but it doesn't mean you don't need the other. And so there, there are times when I needed help with like, we need to get this system into place. And then there's other times where it's just like, I don't know where to go from here. And that was just a mindset thing that was just like, nope. And so I, I yeah, love that. Thank you. Absolutely. Oh, you're welcome. I have some clients, they have a mixture of both. Sometimes they have like two business coaches, a mentor and a developer, uh-huh. right? Because yeah. they're going into these like bigger spaces. And so they want to be well armed. And just like you would have different friends that you go to for different parts of like what's you know troubling you, it's the same thing. Like if you have enough resources around you, it only helps if you know that you are with trusted sources for sure. Right. And you're ready for that step, right? Because there's exactly. a lot of people who yeah. think like the consultant or the coach is going to be what makes them go to the next level. And it's like, no, you have to be ready to do the work because it still takes work regardless of it's internal or external or whatever it is. It, it takes work. Yeah. So. And it takes some sacrifice. So here's what yeah. I will say. If you have the money to utilize for resources like that, great. If it's between you and feeding your kids, stop it. Okay. Think for a second. Right. <laughs> get a loan, get, do, do different things, but don't, don't crash your assets. Don't prioritize things that, Hey, you could be building this great business plan. Let's say, you know, you were really getting in on Blockbuster right at the end and you didn't even know it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you used all your last dollars and all of a sudden, oh, Netflix took over. What are you going to do, right? So just be smart. Your fine, your personal finances, especially if you're just starting out, you got to be very um, thoughtful and careful about it. But, but I always say entrepreneurs do need to take risks, yeah. right? Yep. So yep. you can't be afraid of the risk, but you have to make sure that you, you mitigate it correctly. Exactly right. I couldn't agree more with that. So guys, thank you so much for listening and spending a little time with us. Marlene, thank you for being here with us and all the words of wisdom. That that was great. Thanks, Josh. And so guys, thank you for your time and for being here with us for a little bit longer today. And until next time, bye. Thank you for spending a little time with me today on Be Intentional Podcast. I would love to connect with you and hear about how you're applying today's message in your marketing, in your personal life, in your business. You can DM me at Josh Olmos SR. That's J-O-S-H-O-L-M-O-S-S-R or LinkedIn, Joshua Olmos or website, josholdmossr.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. And if you feel like you would benefit the listeners and that you want to be a guest on the podcast, please feel free to reach out. I would love to hear your story and what you're doing to be an intentional, impactful entrepreneur.